Welcome to At the Table, where we are connecting entrepreneurs, discovering missions, and building communities with purpose, body, soul, mind, and business with Charlie and Heather with Women in Leadership. Welcome to the table. I'm Charlie. And I'm Heather. And we are super excited. Oh, gosh, I said it again. <laughs> it's so true. It's so descriptive of the joy that we feel when we're reaching and meeting um, new community members. We have a special story about how we met this this wonderful human. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Lori Sagawa-Whaley. She is a fabulous person. Um, and just getting to know her is just magical and it was magical how we got to know her because um my my oldest um she rented some books from the library and in one of these art books from the library was this bookmark about uh Lori's amazing book um let the samurai be your guide uh which I can't wait to hear more about um so we reached out to her and we're like hey we're interested in like interviewing you because and talking to you because this sounds like really cool so um so we did we reached out we took that leap of faith and here she is yeah i had a lovely chat with Lori and getting to know you and um all the things you've been doing and your story um so why don't you go ahead and tell us what you're doing a little bit about that well, great. Well, thank you so much. Would you believe I have been back in the States for less than about 48 hours? I spent about 12 days in Japan with a group, just a very small group of women. I plan to do that in the future because Japan is my happy place. And although it didn't start out that way, because I grew up in the 60s, a baby boomer, I was teased and bullied. And in fact, I just put that aside because it was too painful to deal with. But then I got in an accident in 2005 and 2007, and I was diagnosed with mild traumatic brain injury. And there was nothing mild about it except that it was an enclosed injury. So I was reading at a seventh grade level, but I was determined not to let that define me or not to be in that state. So I worked tirelessly over a thousand appointments in order to regain wellness. And had I not done that, I would be here with you lovely ladies today. I'd be kind of sitting on the side, let my husband take care of me. And I didn't want that because I was going to be a grandmother. Well, actually, I was a grandmother at that time and just it just wouldn't have worked. So I was determined. My mom always told me, you know, you always have to try. There's there's no such thing as no. There's always a way. There's a yin and the yang. If you have a problem, someone's going to help you with it. So I had a problem. There was a lot of people that helped me get back to normalcy in those thousands of appointments. And I'm so glad I did. I'm glad I pressed through and learned more about my heritage through through the injury. And by you know, taking that something which was pain and turned it into gain, making a message out of your mess. And so that's what I did. And I'm here to tell the world about about a different way of life, the way of the samurai. I am just inspired by your story. And I know Heather had a similar experience as a child. Um, she was in a car accident with a brain injury too. And just what you have to go through in order to regain the knowledge that you lost um, due to the injury because, you know, um, traumatic brain injuries are a serious problem. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it can affect 
any one of us. You know, it's not just for military veterans. It's not just for you know um, high school football high players. High school football players, <laughs> right? Or, um, <laughs> and that's players. what I thought. You know, think of right. Like you think of a football player or somebody. But really, coming back and recovering well is is really amazing and then this this book let the samurai be your guide can you tell us a little bit more about that oh yes here it is <laughs> i wrote the book i began writing about after 07 when the second accident it was like the first accident was mostly physical pain and the second one within a few hours i knew there was something wrong up there and there was and so I was diagnosed with that mild traumatic brain injury and just determined not to make that define me. I worked tirelessly and it just really paid off because one never knows and it's one of the more, it's one of the newer frontiers that people don't know about a lot. In fact, my ophthalmologist then, when I told him, I said, you know, it seems like I, I'm not able to read as well and, and I really was in the seventh grade level. And he goes, no correlation, I go, Oh, really? <laughs> so I found that someone that could help me, and I didn't see him again, but... Um... I didn't see him again. <laughs> well, I didn't really like that because, <laughs> you know, you're like, hey, this was not a cool answer. And some people would stop right there, right? They would let that stop them. Like, and I love that you're showing in the the proof of when you don't stop when you make your voice be heard right you know, it's always good to get a second opinion that's my mm -hmm. opinion but i thought no that doesn't happen overnight if i'm able to i graduated from college and i'm reading at seventh grade level there's something had to have happened so uh, my speech pathologist led me to a neural optometrist or ophthalmologist and i started working with their clinic for about three years and doing all these exercises with my eyes and it it did pay off because when I was go going like this and the other light I was like all over the map so I couldn't keep them going in the same direction at the same time and same speed so you know it's a fascinating feel and had I not had that experience I wouldn't I wouldn't have known about it and I probably would not have had the empathy for people with disabilities that I do now and in fact, this is another side story. It led me to help women in the prison because I knew what it was like to struggle. And I was a Toastmaster and the lady at the prison says, oh, we've got to get you here. I love you and the women would love you. And so she did, she found a place for me and I started working with a nonprofit and I went in weekly and then I went down to twice a month. But that was an amazing experience to work with women that made the wrong choice and I told him this is not the end of your life it doesn't have to be you can make the most of you have the roof over your head you have food and you can and you have classes you have the gym accessible to you so you can create a really good life right here right now so that you don't return and that's and I didn't condemn them I just wanted to encourage them to, to live a good life not let this stop you and in other countries it would you know it would really taint their 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 image and their their everything about them but here in the united states it people are given a second chance yes and yes. i i love that um you were the catalyst to other women's second chance right because somebody needs to give you permission 
Like, I mean, honestly, yeah. it's hard to find it within ourselves sometimes. Sometimes somebody else has to give us permission to grow. Mm-hmm. And somebody looking in mm-hmm. that we view as having an authority in that, right? Mm-hmm. That sometimes just hearing them say it, mm-hmm. just, oh, I can do this. Right? All of a sudden, they hold that belief for you, mm-hmm. and it triggers your own belief in yourself. Mm-hmm. I think belief for other women, right? Yeah. yeah. And I did encourage them to better themselves, to get their GEDs. I started a book club. They had to read X number of books, and then they got a certificate. And so with this certificate, it says you've successfully read 25 books. I said, no fiction, no romance. Everything has to be nonfiction. And it could be about science. I don't really care if that's something that interests you. But something that feeds your brain, right? Yeah. Something that feeds the goodness in you. Mm-hmm that inspires you and keeps keeps you going. We're always reading <coughs> different books and things like that. And I'm actually reading three books right now uh, for the podcast. Um, we're reading The Mastery of Love by Don Miguel Ruiz. And we're reading Career Self-Care by Minda Zetlin. Um, so we have our inner workings book and then our like business working mm-hmm. book, but they're so interrelated, it's amazing. And then um, for my own personal mental business growth. Um, I'm reading Pay Yourself First. Um, oh. So I feel like it, it's it's really good to keep feeding yourself all these good things that you want to learn um, because I, I find that if I'm feeding myself, you know, um, and I love me a good novel, don't get me wrong, but if I'm continually feeding myself, you know, romance novels and things like that, I get in my I get in my own way right and I, I yeah. start you know the negative mindset starts creeping in and I have to like be like nope gotta put that away you know I have one romance novel I have been slowly reading for like a year <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I read all these good for me books but then it's taking me a year to read this one romance novel because you know I'll read a chapter <laughs> two and I'll put it away <laughs> yeah I'm of like, I just what's said. good for my mindset. And speaking yeah. of books that are good for the mindset, the Let Your Samurai Be Your Guide is just, I, I can't wait to read it. I love how you um, break it down into the different principles and make it really easy to apply. Uh, that was, uh, I just, I had the idea and I worked with a book coach and he kind of guided me along. And so for each one of the principles, I, put a person and they they were either Japanese or Japanese American and actually the book is a tribute to my father's generation they were the ones that were the second generations here in the United States and they were put in prison really they were taken away and without a trial they did nothing to to warrant that so instead of rioting and uh, bad-mouthing and what they did is they worked tirelessly. They made the most of the ground they were in. They were in, in uh, Idaho, Twin Falls, Idaho. And that was pretty, a lot of sagebrush and very dusty. And it wasn't very, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't hospitable. No, and it wasn't, awesome. no, it wasn't suited for agriculture, but they made it good. And they, they became a self-sufficient community. They grew 
they had their own eggs and chickens and vegetables. They were really quite very creative for what, if you can imagine living in such sparse conditions, like a 20 by 20 room for a family with one little light bulb and a potbelly stove in one corner. So they had no running water in each in their rooms, let alone no privacy. <laughs> so, but rather than, you know, you know, complaining and rioting and all that, they just, they made the most and they called it, she got to God I can't be helped or they just, they just did it and they went, and I'm amazed because some people did protest. They said, no, we're not going to go to war. We're not going to support the United States. And that's their choice. But most of them, most of the Japanese did say, I'll go. And a lot of them did. 33,000 Japanese Americans out of the camps went. Wow. They're the most decorated unit in the United States history for its size and length of time and service. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they were they were just they were without equal and their their stories just make me cry because of what the sacrifices that they made so that not only our generation the third and the fourth but other immigrants from japan as well as other asian countries were able to benefit from from their example and they were they were they were amazing examples like senator inoue and a lot of other very successful people and very quiet, but very professional and business people and farmers, like my dad was a farmer. And they were really good farmers too. So yeah, I have so much admiration for them. You know, I don't, I wonder how I would have been if they had done that to me, taking me out of my house and say, we're going and just no trial. But then I grew up in a different era too. But I'm very proud of them. And my, my grand, I didn't, neither one of my grandfathers went there. Both my grandmothers did go because they were both had passed away at that by that time. So there's a lot that I learned and a lot that their example it really inspires me. So I tell people that I stand on the shoulder of my samurai ancestors to bring the wisdom of the samurai to you, and so that people can live honorable lives and live their life with purpose. And that's what I've learned from my samurai ancestors. Although I didn't know them, I know the stories of them and how they never gave up. Uh, if we have time for that, I'll tell you the stories about my grandma. <laughs> yeah, um, Actually, it's in my TED Talk. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Um, when we talked earlier, the, you had a, a term that you used for that never giving up. Oh, gambaru or gambate. Gambate. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the chapters in my, I added that I had the liberty because I was writing the book and I actually wanted to include my mom in the book because she was so inspirational to me. And to me, gambaru or gambate, that's the imperative, is the overarching idea or principle of the samurai and Japanese people. You don't give up. You know, they, my parents would not let us give up. And my mom, no matter what it was, whether it was school or we worked on the farm, my, you know, I grew up on a farm, you know, can you imagine me, a farmer's daughter, working on the farm, getting dirty. <laughs> that was not my life. <laughs> Although I appreciate it because it taught me how to work really hard and appreciate good food and fresh food. But um, they would not let us give up. My mom would say, oh, there's rows of berries. It's raining and they're going to rot the whole the whole row rots, then what are we going to eat for in the winter? And then we think, well, that's true. Right. <laughs> so we had to go out there and pick when everybody else went home, even if it was raining, we never gave up. But it, it taught me a lot. It taught me, you know, you don't give, you don't give up and there's always a way. And, um, 
I did that in school and everything. And I did. again, after your brain injury, right? Yeah, that's true. That's, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It gave me the tenacity to go through because my speech pathologist told me that a lot of people do give up. They just, they get tired of it. And yes, it was tiring. And I can remember being at sessions and just saying, oh, I can't do this. And just a couple of times I cried because it was like, especially when I couldn't read, I said, I know it, it's on this page, but I can't see it. I can't, I can't decipher it. It was because I couldn't read very well. So she's, that's when she sent me to the neuro, this neuro specialist. But I'm, I'm so glad, so glad they did because yeah, right? look at what that brought into your life. You know, it's, it's never an exciting time. You know, I'm not celebrating the injury itself. I'm celebrating what it brought into your life. Right. Yes. Um, which is, is totally different uh, uh-huh. because it brought so much good into your life. It was, it did. you know, a big lesson in grace mm-hmm. uh, for yourself. Um, and it was also just the launch point to where you are now, right? Right. You know, because you gave yourself the goal of writing a book, and um, you're going to be speaking this weekend. Do you want to talk a little bit about that as well? Yes. Um, It's going to be at the Grand Cinema in Tacoma, Washington, and I found out, I knew it was an active theater, but they said they have something every single day of the year. Oh, and so um, at two o'clock they'll have the Seven Samurai, which is, you know, a very it's a classic. And after that, at six o'clock, I'll be giving my talk. I'll be there early to uh, talk to people if they want to talk to me. And then they'll start at six, so there's a half hour break. And I actually love speaking live because being on camera, you know, you can't really touch or you can see people and you can kind of get an idea. But when you're in person, you have that that connection that you would that's a little more difficult to have you know, with the screen mm-hmm. so I'm very excited so everybody anyone's invited to come at six o'clock at the Grand Cinema in Tacoma Washington and that will be that information will be on the podcast at the end yes, yes it will so in the the links below, below. <laughs> you guys yeah, go and check that out because like um Because when we interview you, we can only get this little tiny piece of all that you have to offer. And I think an opportunity to hear you speak live, you're right, there is a different element and connection with you. And so if you're even remotely drawn to Lori today and you're in the Pacific Northwest and you want to go check her out, you should. Maybe Tacoma area. Where's my Tacoma family? (laughs) I grew up in Tacoma. So... Um, I am going to shout this out to some people that I know coming up because I think this would be really, really awesome um, for a lot of different people to, you know, enjoy an experience. And um, Lori, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an amazing conversation with you. I can't wait to get to know you a little bit more over, you know, the course of time. And I'm just thrilled honestly, but you accepted our invitation to be on our podcast. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. I love, I love to speak. And at one time I really did not like to speak, but I was 
again put in a situation where I was forced to speak, and so I, I joined Toastmasters. Yeah. Because I was just, I was terrified. They told me to do this and that and put together a seminar, and I did. There were a lot of people there, and they go, then you get to introduce the the owner. He'll be coming out, and you get to introduce him, and I just, you know, go, oh, no, how am I going to do that? <laughs> go the nails. <laughs> okay, so I went to Toastmasters, our local Toastmasters group, and uh, joined that, and I found out that I loved it. It helped me find my voice, and... I, I absolutely love it because Toastmasters is not about speaking. It's also about listening and communicating and having better relationships. Uh, I love it too. We, we, this <laughs> idea of Toastmasters keeps coming up for us. So I think we're going to have to look into that. Every, every once in a while, it just really like, oh, it's in our face again. Like it's dangling that you're right. <laughs> Most you of all, many Many clubs are done virtually. In fact, I am in one, and we have people from literally all around the world. There are people, the person that are, uh, the organizer is in Southern Cal, and there are people from China, people from Japan, people from India. Oh, how fun. Yes, it's very, it's really interesting. It's very international. That's cool. Yes, it is. Um, one more time to say thank you for joining us today Lori and to our audience thank you for joining us and we hope that you will go check out her her talk this weekend Uh, check out her book check out her book oh my goodness (laughs) and stay tuned for a little bit about the cause of the quarter coming up next namaste Namaste. Bye. bye The Marysville Police Foundation is a 501c3 organization to support these areas of the Marysville Police Department, law enforcement, officer wellness, and the community outreach programs and activities. We look forward to serving you. We take the mystery and pain out of social media consistency for your business, giving you back time to shine in your zone of genius. Social media is the new branding. It deserves its own attention, thought, and effort. Yet so few businesses actually take this seriously and invest enough time on their strategy. We can do it for you at an affordable rate that will fit into your budget and allow you to pursue other revenue channels as well. The hardest part of social media management is keeping up the consistency to be seen and know what to post, when to post. Are you ready to have everything ready to go for you, saving you time and energy by not having to do it all yourself? Still getting your message out so that people get to know you, like you, and develop trust while opening yourself up to more time for the business of your business where you shine. Working with Women in Leadership, BSMB LLP, is a unique experience that bridges the gap from face-to-face to virtual relationship marketing. Not only do we love to help you shine in on social media, we love to share tools to help you grow with us, body, soul, mind, and business. Check out our podcast and YouTube channel for Mindset Mondays, Social Media Training Wednesdays, business interviews and special topics on Fridays, and weekly readings on Sundays. To schedule your consultation or podcast interview, head to our website, www.womeninleadershipbsmb.com. Our weekly readings on Sunday 
our podcast, Mindset Monday, social media training training with Heather on Wednesday, interviews and special topics on Fridays. Thank you for joining us. Find out more and schedule with us online at www.womeninleadershipbsmb.com, where you have a spot at the table. Thank you for joining in on the fun. Be sure to like and subscribe for more.